Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And it is time once again for Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT on this Tuesday, June the 14th of 2022. It is seven minutes after five o'clock, and this is the understatement of the year. It is hot outside. Right now, 96 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana. It feels like 110 degrees. We have an excessive heat warning in effect through Wednesday night. Heat index values will range from 100 to 105 degrees during this time. Now tonight, clear, a low of 77. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and hot, high of 97 max heat. Tomorrow, 105 degrees. Then we start to chill. Thursday, we're down to 90. Friday and Saturday, 80. Sunday, 84 degrees. But again, keep in mind, The excessive heat warning in effect through Wednesday night. Heat index values will range from 100 to 105 degrees. Right now, 96 degrees in South Bend. It feels like 110 degrees. And when you walk outside, man, it slaps you in the face. We always go from like 75, 76 to 100. There's just not that steady climb. It's just like pow. It hits you in the face. And here we are, a very warm June 14th of 2022. Darren Pritchett with you. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Thanks for joining me on WSBT Radio. We will have a full two hours of Budweiser's weekday sports beat all week because our South Bend Cub friends have been nice enough to play in the central time zone all week. South Bend will play at the Quad Cities River Bandits. Tonight through Sunday, and we've got a 7.30 Eastern time first pitch tonight with a 7:20 pregame here on WSBT radio when i think about quad cities ballpark having been there numerous times they've got the ferris wheel beyond the left field fence you've got the mississippi river and a beautiful bridge beyond the right field fence and from a broadcasting standpoint their windows didn't open except for this little tiny window way up top of the booth where you had to have a long cord in your microphone to get it outside to get some of that popping of the bat and the popping of the mitt. Otherwise, it got a little steamy. Who doesn't have windows that open at a ballpark? But that's just one of the things you run into in minor league baseball. Well, coming up on our program tonight, we have two Notre Dame football recruiting segments. We have two today because there has just been so much Notre Dame football recruiting news since last Thursday when C.J. Carr verbally committed to the Fighting Irish, the 2024 five-star quarterback from Michigan. And there's really been nonstop information since that commitment. 17 visitors over the weekend to Notre Dame 
many of those committed players, Keon Keeley from Tampa, came back to campus to be a part of kind of a get-together of a whole bunch of recruits this weekend at Notre Dame. The Irish had a commitment over the weekend, so we'll get into those details in just a little bit. And today is the day five-star running back Richard Young is visiting the University of Notre Dame. So a very, very busy last few days for Notre Dame football recruiting. That's why we have two recruiting segments, one coming up in just a moment and then one coming up in the 6 o'clock hour here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, also on the program this evening, we'll have our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day. We've got our My 5 question of the day to get to as well. We'll talk some College World Series, and my heavens, there is one batter that stands out more than anybody else in the Texas lineup. His last name is Melendez, and he is pretty good at knocking the baseball out of the ballpark. We'll get into some of his stats and a few thoughts on this Texas team that the Fighting Irish will face at the College World Series coming up in just a little bit. We'll have our sports wagering segment also coming up in the 6 o'clock hour on a steamy Tuesday here in downtown South Bend and on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. It's time once again to talk to Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett from Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Mike joining us here on WSBT Radio. Well, the last time we spoke, we were anticipating C.J. Carr, the outstanding 2024 quarterback from Michigan, was going to select the Fighting Irish. And, Mike, that, in fact, happened. He is now in the class of 2024 for the University of Notre Dame. Thankfully, there was no drama. C.J. picked the Fighting Irish. Let me get your overall impressions after seeing him in person, learning more about C.J. Carr. What do you think the Irish have in this quarterback from Michigan? Oh, Darren, I, I think I'm going to throw a cliche at you. You know, he's a better he's a better young man than he is a football player, you know. Um, but that's saying something because he is a darn good football player. Um, I mean, on the field, I mean, he's, he's really got everything. He's got um, the ability to throw on the run. He's got the ability to dissect um, you, uh, you know, from the pocket. He's got the arm talent, the accuracy, the bloodlines. I mean, just. There, I mean, pretty much everything about him as a quarterback, he's got. Um, there, there, there's no glaring weaknesses um, in this young man's game. Um, he, he is just a, uh, a bona fide stud at the quarterback position. So, um, you know, it, it's a big time get for the Fighting Irish and uh, one that Notre Dame fans should be uh, really excited about. And, and then, you know, off the field, terrific leader, um, you know, just a, a – a fantastic young man. He's smart. Um, got the grades, just an intelligent human being and comes from a great family. Um, you know, that family might bleed, you know, maize and blue instead of blue and gold, but Hey, um, CJ Carr right now bleeds blue and gold. So that's all that matters. Right. 
Mike, going forward, as this class continues to build, do you expect CJ to be heavily involved in talking to recruits? Do you get a sense that he wants to be involved in the process? Well, Darren, he committed last Thursday, um, and two days later, um, he was back in South Bend to recruit, you know, and he was just on campus the week before. Um, so he made the trip in because Notre Dame had a huge official visit weekend and um, he really wanted to, um, you know, recruit. And, and let me say this, Darren, I would, you know, 98, 99% of the time when recruits tell me that, yeah, I, I, I want to recruit and help build my class. That's always just for their class. That's, you know, cars, a 2024 commit. Well, for now, maybe it's 2023. We, we can talk about that in a second, Darren. Um, but he told me that he wants to recruit both classes. Like hmm. he's got the intelligence to say, I'm not just going to be playing with the 2024 recruits. These 2023 guys, I'll be playing with them as well. So I want to make sure I get a really good class there as well. So um, pretty, pretty intelligent kid there. Um, and, and yeah, he, he's, he's got that charisma and the big name, the highly ranked recruit um, to uh, have some, some say with these prospects on the recruiting front. Based on what you just talked about there, let me give you a, a hypothetical. If you were to sit down with C.J. Carr right now and talk to him about wide receivers in the 23 and 24 class, who do you hope he becomes buddies with? Well, Juan was just on campus this past weekend, and they had a, a post on Instagram together. Uh, Rico Flores from Folsom, California, um, four-star receiver, is down to Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame pretty good top three and he's visiting Georgia this weekend I believe it is and Ohio State's next so that's a big one um, and then Jaden Greathouse is officially visiting this weekend four-star receiver from Austin Texas I'll, I'll check in with CJ maybe he's coming back to campus this weekend as well um, Christian Hamilton's a North Carolina four-star receiver in the 23 class who's also expected to be on campus this weekend so um, I expect Carr to be recruiting those guys hard Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Joining me here on WSBT Radio. Let's go a different direction with C.J. Carr for a moment. Mike, I know on social media there was some speculation that possibly C.J. could reclassify. Two-part question. Number one, for people that don't follow recruiting closely, what does reclassify mean? And is C.J. Carr considering it? Well, you know, a few things there. First of all, there's all sorts of speculation on Twitter all the time. This one does have some merit, though, I will say. Um, as far as what reclassifying is, so CJ right now is going or slated to graduate as a, in the class of 2024. Um, he would enroll early at Notre Dame, like a semester early. So he he would either get to if you, so if you're a class of 2024 player, you would either get to Notre Dame in the summer of 2024, or you would enroll early to be participating in spring ball for 2024. So you'd get there in January. Well, he's looking at graduating a whole year early. So instead of going into his junior year, like he is right now, he could skip a year and be a senior this fall um, at Celine uh, high school, just outside of Ann Arbor. So that is an option to do that, especially at a school at Notre Dame. It's not easy. You've got to, have a lot of your um, your schoolwork done. You got to take extra classes, like he's taking some extra classes this summer to be able to 
have the academic requirements to do that. So like I said, it's not easy to do, especially at Notre Dame, but it goes back to something I said earlier. Very intelligent young man. Um, He's got fantastic grades and all that good stuff. So he is working. Look, from what I've been told and what CJ even told me last week is that his plan is to stay in the 2024 class. But there's still the option available this summer for him to possibly go ahead and graduate um, early so he would join the 2023 class. And whether he would get to Notre Dame in January of 2023 or in the summer of 2023, I don't know right now. Um, But, again, there's at least a possibility that he would skip a grade essentially um, but right now, the plan is for him to stick in the 2024 class. Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. Yes, absolutely. I asked you about this last week. I don't expect an update, but I have to ask the question. Anything new with the 23 quarterback, Dante Moore, and his recruitment? Um, it, it, it really depends on uh, who you talk to. Um, there was a big seven-on-seven tournament out in Las Vegas. Um, over the weekend where Dante was at. And, yeah, I mean, you, you typically don't get to do interviews with Dante unless you're with him in person. He's not, he doesn't really take phone calls anymore. And the, a lot of the buzz was not about Notre Dame. It's more about Oregon or LSU. Or, uh, he's visiting Texas A&M unofficially this weekend. So I'm still hearing that Notre Dame is in the mix for Dante Moore. But a lot of the national people that have spent time with, with Mr. Moore recently feel like Notre Dame is slipping in the recruitment. They, you know, I mean, Michigan um, seems to have some uh, – it seems to be rejuvenated in the recruitment. So um, the shift and, – and, again, there's, no, there's nothing that Dante has said publicly um, that would make you believe that Notre Dame has slipped. I would maybe also add that there's nothing that Dante has said publicly that made us believe before that Notre Dame was a big favorite. It's a lot of reading in between the lines and what your sources tell you, right? And it seemed to have a shift from before C.J. Carr's commitment to afterwards where Notre Dame stood for Dante Moore, and it's, it's gone from Notre Dame being a favorite to pondering how much Notre Dame's in the mix now. Hmm. Interesting. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Let's talk about Elijah Page for a couple of moments. Offensive tackle in the class of 2023, the 15th member of that class, and the Phoenix native jumps on board the Fighting Irish in a pretty impressive list of schools. First of all, he had to choose from. Mike, what stands out about Elijah Page? A lot, a lot does, Darren. I mean, the size at 6'6", almost 6'7", 305 to 310 pounds is impressive. Um, I mean, just his tape as a junior. And again, this is last fall. He's gotten a good bit bigger in the past, you know, six, seven months or so. Um, Can play left or right tackle. I prefer him at right tackle because like we saw on this play for folks watching this on YouTube, his run-blocking ability is really good. Um, you'll see him on this play against wow. the YouTube audience. He's pancaking a five-star <laughs> defensive end right there, Eliza Rushing. Or at least he's a top-ten player in the country. I mean, that, that's a big-time target for Notre Dame as well that he's putting to the ground there. So, um, 
I mean, he is someone who is not ranked super high. He's a four-star recruit for the on three consensus ranking, um, but, you know, not like the top 100 recruit. But this is someone who was actually, if my memory serves me correctly, Harry, he stands first offer when he got back to Notre Dame. It, you know, it took him a couple months to, you know, because he, he was kind of just picked up who Jeff Quinn was recruiting before and who Tommy Reese is recruiting. And then when he started to add to the 2023 class uh, in terms of offers, Page was the first guy. And how about this, Darren? He stands as offered three prospects in the 2023 class. Again, that's not counting someone like Sullivan Absher, who Quinn was recruiting before. So Notre Dame just kept recruiting him under Quinn. He stands offered three guys in his 23 class. Page, committed to Notre Dame. Joe Odding from Kansas, committed to Notre Dame. Um, and um, there, there, there's uh, – uh, oh, excuse me, Sam Pendleton from North Carolina, committed to Notre Dame. So – Batting three for three, that, that's, you're a big baseball guy. Batting three for three at a thousand percent, that's pretty good, right? One for three is pretty good in baseball, Mike. Three for three, man, you're you're heading to the Hall of Fame. So I guess things are going very well right now along the recruiting front for offensive linemen, which kind of leads me into the next question. When you take a look at where the Irish are building their offensive line of the future, it seems like, first off, there's a lot of versatility with the group, let alone a lot of talent that we've seen on tape in high school. Yeah, it's a fantastic group. I'm excited for when, you know, Notre Dame, it's going to get to five. I'm fairly, maybe not confident, but I believe that it'll end up as five. And they signed five offensive linemen last year, um, head by, headlined by Emil Wagner, Joey Tanona, and Billy Shrouth. And then in the 2021 class, they signed five, signed five headlined by Rocco Spindler and Joe Walton, Blake Fisher, some of these. Um, big hog mollies up front. I'm excited to debate who, which is the best on paper of those three classes. I mean, offensive line, you, it's Notre Dame, and uh, I don't even know how close it is, Darren. We're taping this on June 14th, and on June 14th, there was a pretty good football player on Notre Dame's campus, a five-star running back, Richard Young. A lot of people believe, Mike, he is the number one running back in the country, and I've just found this story fascinating. He was not in the, or I should say Notre Dame was not on the finalist list of the seven teams he listed you know, over a month ago. Then out of nowhere, you know what? I'm going to take an official to Notre Dame. And after reading one of your stories at Blue and Gold, Illustrated, blueandgold.com, it sounds like he's been very quietly interested in Notre Dame now that information is just coming out. Yeah, it just randomly one day about a month ago he tweets out notre dame official visit june you know 14th to the 16th and it's like oh okay like notre dame's a, a factor here all of a sudden because like you mentioned he had a top seven i think he did like a top 10 before that a couple months prior and you know the kids love their top top schools groups <laughs> notre dame was never a school on there uh lance taylor offered them pretty early um so it's not like notre dame was late and this thing is just there was something that occurred that Spiked his interest in Notre Dame. Um, Delane McCullough, Notre Dame's running backs coach, went down to um, his high school a couple times during the spring evaluation period. That ran from mid-April to the end of uh, May, and um, Notre Dame's at least, um, you know, got a puncher's chance for Richard Young, the number one running back in the country per the on-three consensus. Um, I mean, I should know more, you know, Thursday when his visit wraps up, you know, how – 
Fighting Irish sources are feeling about Notre Dame's chances for Richard Young, but if I had a crystal ball, I would say those chances are still slim. I will say this, though, Darren. Notre Dame's just one of those unique places that you go there. If you're a recruit and if it clicks, it just kind of has this mystic pull that it only takes one visit, and if you love it, boom, you're committed to Notre Dame. Now, does that mystic connection happen with Richard Young this week? I've got no idea, but happened with guys like Braylon James and Sam Pendleton, who for a while were not Notre Dame leans at all, and then all of a sudden Notre Dame gets in that recruitment and lands them after just one visit. So we'll see what happens with Richard Young. But again, I think he's Bama bound. All that to say, I think he's going to end up at Alabama, but we'll see. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Reading online, the on-free projections, it seems like Alabama is way in front. But I did notice in your article, he mentioned the strong relationship that he's built with McCullough. And those are magical words in recruiting. Yeah, relationships are everything. But it's not like he's known McCullough for that long. So, you know, for Notre Dame to land like this – type of kid you gotta be in this for the long haul Notre Dame just kind of came in here recently so again it's gonna be tough for them to land them but you get them on campus you never know what can happen Um, so we'll just have to see there final question for you I know sometimes not all the time but sometimes when you get a quarterback in a class it can change the perception of some recruits some not all a running back like Young, a five-star, the number one running back in the country, is that the type of – if he would pick Notre Dame, would that alter maybe even some of the wide receivers or other skill position players to say, wow, I want to be with the best, and the best is going to Notre Dame? Do you see that very often? So in, in Young's case, I think it would be a matter of he's a big-time prospect, Big-time prospects become friends with other okay. you know, five-star, you know, top 100-type talents. And, you know, if, if I'm some – I don't even think it matters the position. I'm some five-star linebacker or something. I see Richard Young going to Notre Dame. I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I got an offer from Notre Dame. Like, I, I wasn't really thinking about Notre Dame like that, but Richard Young's going there. You know, like, let me connect with him and see what Notre Dame's all about. That's something that happens. Now, you know me, Darren. We've been doing these interviews for a couple years now. I, I'm very much in the camp of kids go to college where they want to go to college. Yeah. They're, they're not going to pick a school based on where their buddy is going, caveat being their brother. You know, like that's, that's, you know, that's a real package deal. So it wouldn't ever be like a, I'm going here because of Richard Young, but it could start a, a spark in interest at least. Very good. Hey, if somebody's got four quarters in their car right now, maybe it's rolling around on the floorboard. Any suggestions what they should do with them? Yeah, head to bluegold.com, dollar for one year premium access. Deal's still going on. I mean, I keep looking at the site each morning, like, oh, it's still going on. My bosses still have it. And, uh, I mean, we've had such a great month, a record-breaking month for paid views at bluegold.com, and it's June. You know, you you would think that, us uh, the dog days of the offseason, but – College World Series, Notre Dame football recruiting, counting down uh, until the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. I mean, it's a really great time to sign up for BloomandGold.com. 
Well, we're not done. We've got one more segment to go. We're going to come back in a little bit, and we're going to focus on the 17 visitors this weekend at the University of Notre Dame. We'll talk about some of the players that were on campus, including a guy like Rico Flores that could make a major impact in this Notre Dame class at wide receiver. So we'll talk to Mike coming up in a couple of moments. For Mike Singer, I'm Darren Pritchett, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. And welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Again, 96 degrees in downtown South Bend. It feels like 110. We have bright sunshine currently at 536. More Notre Dame football recruiting talk coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Mike and I will focus on the 17 visitors Notre Dame hosted this weekend, including players like cornerback Christian Gray and wide receiver Rico Flores. So more Fighting Irish football recruiting talk coming up. In a couple of moments here on WSBT Radio. A very exciting time for baseball fans in our area. In fact, you think about the last week or so. On the softball side, South Bend St. Joe won a state championship. They did not allow a run the entire postseason. That is remarkable. Congratulations to the South Bend St. Joe baseball team. We've got the Penn Kingsman playing for the state championship down at Victory Field against Cathedral Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Good luck to the Kingsmen in their pursuit of a state championship. And here locally, we've got the Notre Dame baseball team on this tremendous run to the College World Series. They just missed out last year. They have taken that next step, and I know they're not satisfied. An opportunity to win a national championship in Omaha over the next week and a half or so. And it all starts Friday night under the lights, prime time TV, 7 o'clock first pitch. The Texas Longhorns taking on Link Jarrett's Fighting Irish for Notre Dame. This is trip number three to the College World Series. First time they've been there since 2002 when Pulmonary led the Irish through number one Florida State. To get to the College World Series, this time around, Link Jarrett's Irish goes through number one Tennessee to get to the ultimate stage in college baseball. For Texas, this is old hat. This is the expectation. This is what they do. This is the 75th anniversary of the College World Series. For the Longhorns, this is their 38th trip to the College World Series. Absolutely Remarkable. I remember growing up as a kid, Texas being in the College World Series on ESPN. At that time, you didn't get really college baseball until you got to the College World Series. And Texas had Roger Clemens and Greg Swindell. One of my favorite players was this second baseman for Texas. His name was Billy Bates, and he was just one of those guys, every ounce of dirt on the field ended up on his uniform. In fact, I think he was dirty before even the first pitch of the ball game. He was just a gutty kid. Always appreciated the way he played the game. And Texas has been phenomenal through the years. And here they are again back in the College World Series. 
Texas, though, kind of interesting. They finished in a tie for fifth place in the Big 12 Conference. TCU won the conference during the regular season with a record of 16-8. and Then Oklahoma, who is going to be also in Omaha in Notre Dame's bracket. The Sooners and Texas Tech, the team the Irish beat down at Georgia Southern, they finished in a tie for second place at 15-9. and Also, Oklahoma State finished at 15-9. and And then Texas finished in a tie for fifth place with the West Virginia Mountaineers, the conference record for the Longhorns, 14-10. and Now, they ended up being the runner-up in the Big 12 tournament. They went 3-2 and in a highly competitive Big 12 conference. They hosted their own regional. They went 3-0. and They went to Greenville for the Super Regional to take on East Carolina. Got beat the first game. They were down multiple runs in game two in front of a wacky crowd in Greenville. And Texas came back to win game two. They took game three to get to their 38th College World Series. So this Texas baseball team, under the direction of David Pierce in his sixth season in charge of the Longhorns, they have a record of 47-20, and 20, and they'll take on the Fighting Irish Friday night at 7 o'clock in Omaha. A familiar name on the Texas coaching staff in his third season as an assistant coach, former Colorado Rockies shortstop Troy Tulowitzki. Well, this Texas team, they have a guy in the middle of their lineup that has done massive damage all year. In fact, you look at his numbers, and based on what we saw with the Tennessee Volunteers last weekend, it feels like this guy should be on Tennessee considering how many home runs the Volunteers have hit this year. Well, Texas has done a pretty good job with the long ball as well. 128 dingers this year, but... Ivan Melendez, he'll wear number 17 for the Longhorns, write down that number, because he has hit 32 home runs this year, and he has driven in 94 runs in 65 games. How about that? That is just absolutely stunning. Now, you take a look at the job he did against East Carolina in the Super Regional. He was one for four in each of the three games, but two of his three hits were home runs. He drove in three in the Super Regional clinching game on June the 12th. So this is a redshirt junior, 6'3", 225, and he is a handful. Besides the 32 homers and 94 driven in, he is hitting 396 on the season to lead the Longhorns. His on-base percentage is 516. His slugging percentage, this sounds like an OPS, but his slugging is 888. And his OPS, again, anything over 800 is really, really good. If you're in the 700s, upper 700, it's not bad. Anything over 800, you're doing an awfully good job. Melendez's OPS is 1.4. Zero for almost double what is considered pretty doggone good in the game of baseball. He has walked 52 times in 65 games. You'll see teams try to pitch around him. And pretty remarkable, 52 walks, 48 strikeouts 
for Melendez. Definitely someone the Irish do not want to have him beat them in this game coming up on Friday. Murphy Steely is another guy in their lineup hitting 375. His OPS is 1.114. He's got 19 homers and 61 driven in. They have seven players who have hit at least 10 home runs on the season, and they have three hitters hitting above 370 on the season. I mentioned the first two. The other is Skyler Messenger. He'll wear number five for the Longhorns. He's played in 65 games, started 63, 372 the average, 422 the on-base, 11 homers, and 59 driven in. They don't steal that many bases. They rely more on the long ball. 53 steals in 69 attempts so far this year. The opposition has not run on Texas a whole lot. 38 successful stolen bases in 62 attempts. Hey, we know that Notre Dame will put a lot of pressure on that battery of the Longhorns. That's what the Irish do. They force you to make plays in the field. They put the ball in play. They move runners. They steal bases. They take the extra base. And that will be something Texas will have to deal with. Their pitching staff, in particular, that first game against East Carolina, they got roughed up pretty good. Their manager just kept going through pitcher after pitcher, trying to find the right combination. But they've got a guy at the top of their rotation, Lucas Gordon. He is 7-1 on the season with a 2.68 earn run average. The opposition only hitting 218 against him. Pete Hansen also 16 starts at 340 ERA. I would assume Gordon would get the call. He's number 13, and he went to Notre Dame High School in Los Angeles, California, and he pitched against East Carolina. Got roughed up four innings, giving up five hits, five runs, four earned, walked three, and struck out five. Before that, really, it's been a month since anyone had done significant damage against this left-hander, Lucas Gordon, for the Texas Longhorns. So that's just a brief look at the team the Irish will face coming up Friday at 7 o'clock. Melendez is the guy that definitely catches your attention. For the College World Series, there are two four-team brackets. Notre Dame is in bracket number one. All four of those teams in bracket one will play Friday in Omaha. The first game of the College World Series is Friday at 2 o'clock on ESPN. It'll be Oklahoma taking on the number five overall seed in the tournament, Texas A&M. It is Big 12 against SEC. Not too far down the road, it'll be SEC against SEC once Oklahoma makes the jump to the Southeastern Conference. And then the primetime game Friday night at 7 o'clock, Link Jarrett and the Fighting Irish will take on the number 9 Texas Longhorns. That game will air on ESPN. Then Saturday, the other bracket will get started. Once again, 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock are the start times for these matchups. And the opener Saturday at 2 o'clock going to be the Arkansas Razorbacks out of the SEC taking on a powerhouse school from the Pac-12, the number two seed, the Stanford Cardinal. Then Saturday at 7 o'clock, it'll be an all-SEC matchup. It is the Ole Miss Rebels who snuck into the NCAA tournament and they refuse to lose. They will take on the number 14 overall seed in the tournament, the Auburn Tigers again Saturday night at 7 o'clock, and then we will start getting into immediately elimination games 
in each bracket. And slowly but surely, we will weed each bracket down to one team. The winner of each bracket moves on to the best of three College World Series championship round. And the Irish are hoping to have a chance to stick around Omaha a little while longer. This is an old, experienced team. We talk about the NCAA basketball tournament. These older, experienced teams are doing a lot of damage in the tournament now. Maybe that's something that will play out perfectly for the Fighting Irish as they have been through a lot of hostile environments. I look at it this way. You went to Georgia Southern. They were all fired up for that regional, the first time they've ever hosted a regional. And Notre Dame went through there cleanly, going 3-0, beating Georgia Southern once and Texas Tech twice. Then you go to Knoxville to take on the number one team of the country in front of that wacky fan base, very similar to what they faced last year in Starkville against Mississippi State. They didn't blink. They were down 3-1 in the deciding game, three in the seventh inning, rallied to win 7-3. Honestly, even though you're playing, again, more elite competition, now, I bear with me, you know what I'm saying here, but take this with a grain of salt, but this is kind of a piece of cake. You're playing great teams on a neutral field. You just got done playing by far the best team in the country on their home field, and you beat them two out of three. Before that, you had to be, again, a team on the road, even though you probably should have hosted a regional. You went down to Georgia Southern, and you had to beat, again, a Georgia Southern team on their home field, and then Texas Tech twice, one of the best teams in the Big 12. So after winning those two rounds in hostile environments, hey, this is nothing. This is nothing. This is just playing ball against another great team, except this time the team you're playing doesn't have the home field advantage. This is a piece of cake compared to what they had last weekend. So go get them, guys. We look forward to following the Irish this weekend in the College World Series and beyond. And I understand that Notre Dame's going to make a couple of players and link Jared available to the local media tomorrow before they get ready to go to Omaha. So I do believe we will have some sound for you tomorrow in regard to this Notre Dame baseball team as they get set to play on the ultimate stage, the College World Series. Eight teams are left, and Notre Dame is proudly one of them. 5.49 is our time. We'll get to our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 554 at WSBT. We continue on. Darren Pritchett with you on this Tuesday evening. Our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day is found each and every day on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Here was the question I asked you to vote on. Did you enjoy watching Tennessee's flamboyant style of baseball against the Fighting Irish? 90.5% said no thanks to the bat flipping, bat slamming, waving your hands, screaming, yelling, basically showing off on the field. That's Tennessee baseball. That's the way they do it. Known as classless, and they accept that. In fact, they 
put together those classless versus Catholics t-shirts that they proudly wore. I should have asked the question in a different fashion. Kind of kick myself after the show. I wish I would have asked if Notre Dame baseball played Tennessee's flamboyant style of baseball, would you be okay with it? It's one thing if it's the opposition. You may stick your nose up at it, but if it's your team, sometimes we adopt and are okay with what they do. So I kind of wish I would have asked the question in a different fashion, but there's no doubt about it. The majority have spoken. Flamboyant baseball down in Knoxville, thumbs down 90.5%. Did not enjoy watching it. 9.5% were totally okay with the way the Volunteers played. Okay, let's go a different direction with today's Sports Beat Twitter question of the day. I posted this question at 960 Sports Beat earlier in the program. Here is today's question. It's about golf and with the U.S. Open coming up this week at the Country Club up near Boston, Massachusetts and Brookline, Massachusetts. A handful of golfers like Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, and Bryson DeChambeau are giving up the PGA Tour to play in the new Saudi Arabian-backed Live Tour. What is your reaction to their decision? Now, the people financing this tour are not well-respected around the world. They are individuals who have allegedly, let me say that again, allegedly committed crimes. Some are calling this dirty money. I would argue the NBA's tied in with China. But let's get back to this question. What is your reaction to DJ Phil DeChambeau giving up the PGA Tour to take big upfront money? Supposedly Mickelson got $200 million for joining this tour. DJ maybe $120 million. So what's your reaction to their decision? Choice number one, I get it. They're taking the money. Choice number two, they're taking dirty money. We'd love for you to vote. Check out my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. DJ Phil DeChambeau are playing in this Saudi Arabian finance live tour. What is your reaction to their decision? A, I get it. They're taking the big money. Number two, eh, they're taking dirty money. We'll pass along the results of today's question on tomorrow's program and have a brand new Twitter question of the day. It is 5.58 at WSBT Sportsbeat is being brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Hey, baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance. Please mention Sportsbeat to Tim. You'll get a free gift with your free quote. Call Tim at 232-9981. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. And by the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair. 
Summer starts here July 1st through the 9th. Get details at 4hfair.com. We've got another hour to go. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT Sports Center Update. I'm Darren Pritchett with this Sports Center Update from Sports Radio 960 WSBT, brought to you by Edward Jones. Making sense of investing, contact Eric Yetterberg in South Bend or Matt Stamino, Ciola. The Fighting Irish baseball team will take on the Texas Longhorns at the College World Series Friday night. At 7 o'clock, also in their four-team bracket, there'll be a matchup at 2 o'clock between Oklahoma and number 5, Texas A&M. The second four-team bracket begins play in Omaha on Saturday. Saturday at 2 o'clock, it'll be Arkansas versus the number 2 overall seed, Stanford. Then Saturday at 7 o'clock, Ole Miss versus number 14, Auburn. To Major League Baseball, the Chicago White Sox took game one of their series in Detroit from the Tigers last night. Tonight at 7.05, Dylan Cease takes the mound for Chicago against the Tigers' Drew Hutchinson. Chicago starts tonight six games in back of the AL Central leading Minnesota Twins. The Chicago Cubs have a record of 23-37, and and they'll face the San Diego Padres at Wrigley Field for a second straight night tonight. 8.05 first pitch, Sean Manea versus Kyle Hendricks. This afternoon, game one of a doubleheader in St. Louis. The Cardinals defeated the Pirates 3-1. Midwest League, it's a 7.35 first pitch as the South Bend Cubs visit the Quad Cities River Bandits. Here are the game on WSBT Radio pregame coverage at 7.20. The Golden State Warriors are one win away from an NBA title after beating the Boston Celtics last night, 104-94, to take a three games to two finals lead. Game six in Boston Thursday at nine. And the Stanley Cup final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche begins in Denver tomorrow night at eight o'clock. This Sports Center update has been brought to you by Edward Jones. In honor of the arrival of summer and back by popular demand this Friday morning at 8.30 a.m., you can purchase two $25 gift certificates for only $25 to Mishawaka Barnabys and Barnabys and Granger. And coming soon, another Mishawaka Barnabys in the Twin Branch area on Lincoln Way just west of Bittersweet. That's buy one. Get one free dining certificate to Barnaby's where their pizza, sandwiches, salads, and appetizers are second to none. So keep in mind, Friday morning at 8.30, visit restaurantoftheweek.com to purchase your half-off dining certificates to Barnaby's in Mishawaka at the corner of Grape and Edison and in Granger at the corner of Capitol and Cleveland. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger this week's Restaurant of the Week at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
Mark your calendar and plan to attend Pet Refuge's Bow Wow Meow Luau Friday, August 5th at the Hilton Garden Inn's Gillespie Center in South Bend. Presented by Drive and Shine, this casual gala and auction is an indoor-outdoor event that features hors d'oeuvres, dinner stations, cocktails, a photo booth, wine pool, a silent online auction, plus games, raffles, cornhole, and even hula dancers. The dogs, cats, and volunteers at Pet Refuge thank you for your support. That's Pet Refuge's Bow Wow Meow Luau Friday night, August 5th from 6 until 9. To purchase tickets, visit PetRefuge.com. Hi, I'm Brock Zolman. Did you know that Zolman's Best One Tire and Auto Care offers comprehensive services for your vehicle? Yes, Zolman's does brake service. Yes, Zolman's does alignments. Yes, Zolman's does oil changes. Yes, Zolman's does scheduled maintenance. Yes, Zolman's does auto repair. Yes, Zolman's does engine diagnostics. And yes, Zolman's does tires. Serving you and your family for three generations with six convenient locations in Michiana. Zolman's Best One Tire and Auto Care or go to ZolmanTire.com. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Elizabeth Warren, they're all attacking America's tech innovators. The left's bill, S-2992, would take away the digital tools small businesses rely on, empower China to beat America in the race for new technologies, and increase the risk of cyber attacks. When liberals attack America's tech innovators, they're really attacking everyday Americans and Main Street businesses. American jobs, America's security, and the online privacy of the American people are all on the line. Why would Senate conservatives support this liberal agenda that threatens American innovation? We need to stop Pelosi, Schumer, Warren, and the rest of the D.C. liberals from taking away our technology and making China stronger at America's expense. Call the U.S. Senate today at 202-224-3121. Tell Senate Republicans to oppose S-2992. ProtectingTaxpayers.org, paid for and authorized by Taxpayers Protection Alliance. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that. So I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as, that's 800-730-8405. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code START for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code START. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code START for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code START for a $5 bonus. 
leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy's good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run, Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT Radio app. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Mike Singer. He is the Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Mike, a busy weekend for the Fighting Irish coaching staff. 17 visitors last weekend. Why was it such a big weekend? Official visitors. Um, I think it was 19 in total when you add a couple of unofficial visitors, Drake Bowen, um, who is dubbed the governor of Notre Dame's 2023 class, um, and then C.J. Carr, um, the, the four-star quarterback commit um, out of the 2024 class was on campus as well. So 19 in total, 17 officially. I'll just say really quick for those who might be a little bit new to following recruiting, an unofficial versus official visit. You might hear that, like what, what the heck does that even mean? Official visit, 48 hours long, all expenses paid by the school. Unofficial, can actually go as long as you want it to, but you, the, the recruits pay their own way. And that's kind of the difference in that aspect logistically. And then also, if a school brings a kid in for an official visit, that's a good indication of the school being very, 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 very interested in the recruit as well as vice versa, the recruit is very, very, very interested. You don't take an official visit or you don't host an official visit for a kid you're not interested in, vice versa. So that's that. This is just the weekend that Notre Dame identified as. Like, let's have this as our biggest recruiting weekend of – I believe it'll go down as the biggest of this calendar year. 17 total. Um, it went into the weekend. I believe it was nine players who were – nine or ten who were already committed – several other um, key uncommitted targets um, who were on campus, big-time players. Several of them already have predictions for to land at Notre Dame um, at blueandgold.com. So, yeah, pretty big weekend there. Let me give an example of a player that is committed and came to campus last weekend, and that's the outstanding pass rusher from Tampa, Keon Keeley. Why would Keon come to Notre Dame this weekend? Is this part of just spending more time with the coaching staff? Was he recruiting? What do you think the goals were for Keon Keeley? I mean, yeah, have a good time. Visit the school you're committed to. Um, and for the Notre Dame side of things, keep them locked up. That's, uh, that, that's pretty much the gist. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the – Keon Keeley is the number 11 player in the country, number one edge, um, five-star recruit, pretty much any site you're looking at. I mean, Ohio State, Bama, Florida, you know, all these schools still wanting to flip them from the Fighting Irish. Um, so it's Notre Dame's job to keep them locked in the 2023 class. Um, and then for Keeley, it's to continue to make sure that this is home get to know other recruits. It, you know, the official visit, it's very much the, the red carpet is rolled out for you, Darren. Um, so it, it's, you know, 
very structured, very organized visit. Not that unofficials aren't, but this is just a different level. Like, oh, oh, another difference with an official visit, you can go off campus with the coaching staff. So they went to AdventurePlex in Mishawaka, arcade, bowling, axe throwing, all this good stuff. <laughs> you know, the, the only thing, I mean, Brew Burger and Eddy Street Commons, like that area is technically part of Notre Dame's campus. So an unofficial oh, visit, okay. they can go there. But otherwise, that's really, you're just touring campus and facilities or maybe going to Eddy Street Commons. That's the gist of an unofficial. So an official, you know, they went and played golf on Friday night. So just more activities, more fun stuff to do for the kids. Now, for people that are watching on YouTube, a moment ago, Mike put up Keon Keeley's bio page from On3, which is tied in, of course, to Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. And you'll notice that there is the projection list. Notre Dame at 70, what, 6% to get the services of Keon Keeley once we get to December in signs. Mike, for people that are just getting into recruiting, is 76% uh, pretty much a lock? How would you explain that to the average new recruiting fan? Yeah, so the on three, it's called their on three recruiting prediction machine. Um, and it just takes in a bunch of different information, such as where kids are visiting, um, you know, the, the expert predictions, tons of different in, information that's inputted. All, all this information is on three.com. Um, so, it, man, this it, it's, it's easy, but it's also complicated. So for a committed player who's still taking some other visits like Keon Keeley has done, which I think he's visited Florida twice since he committed. So it takes that information. It's kind of giving you a flip percentage, like the possibility for him to flip. Some of the projections uh, or, or the percentages, I should say, are very bold. Like it has like Notre Dame to land Rico Flores, who I think we'll talk about in a moment, Darren, at like 97%. Yeah, it's a little high, but it's because there's three – um, on three expert predictions in for him to, um, you know, choose the fighting hour. So it just, you know, it all depends on the information it's given. Like a lot of, uh, of fun, Notre Dame fans will get upset about the recruiting prediction machine. Like guys, it, it's just a media tool, a fan tool. Like, let's just we'll look at it. it. It's not meant to be gospel. Like you know, the AP poll in college work. football. It's there to look Something at. Something like that. I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because the AP poll doesn't mean anything, right, uh, at the end of the day. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just something to look at. So name drop a little bit. Some of the committed players that were on campus, we just mentioned Keon Keeley. Who else is worth noting? Well, I would definitely say it's worth noting uh, Peyton Bowen, um, who, other than Keon, is the really only other player on Notre Dame's commit list, which, I let me add, is the number one class for the 2023 on three consensus rankings, so that's pretty big deal the two highest ranked players happen to be the two that have flirted around with some other programs so bowen's taken visits to oklahoma Ole miss bama and a&m i believe it is since his commitment to notre dame on new year's day um so it was, it was big for him to get back to notre dame's campus um this past weekend i i spoke with him yesterday and i'll have the article up at blueandgold.com um I, i'm not 100 sure it's this week i've interviewed so many recruits that <laughs> Unless I want to write 15 articles in a day, then I, I just can't physically write all of them. And, you know, I, I've got to space them all out a little bit. So I'll have that at BlueMangle.com this week. But Bowen seems to be pretty good with, with this Notre Dame commitment. Um, so that was definitely a big one to have. 
And then you had, um, you know, uh, Sam Pendleton, offensive lineman, Sullivan Absher, a couple guys from North Carolina. Um, they were pictured together doing the Step Brothers. Um, I don't know if you know that movie. Uh, Do you see that picture on, on Twitter, Darren? I did. It was pretty funny. You know, they're, they're, uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm having a brain fart on how to explain the picture. But, it, like, the Step Brothers movie poster, they're, they're doing that. It's hysterical. Um, Jaden Lamar, four-star running back. Braylon James, four-star receiver commit. Um, you know, Keon Keeley was on campus like we talked about. Uh, both linebacker commits, Preston, uh, Preston Zinter, an official visit. And I mentioned earlier Drake Bone was there unofficially. Um, yeah, so that, those were some of the commits there. He's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett from WSBT Radio in South Bend. So let's get to Rico Flores, very exciting wide receiver. Are you getting good vibes from Rico? Yeah, and had a really good article at blueandgold.com. Uh, on him that that you can read on Tuesday. Um, so make sure to check that out. Uh, like I said, he is visiting Ohio State this weekend. Um, let me actually make sure. <laughs> let me look this up to make sure I have the dates right. Georgia this weekend and Ohio State next weekend. So whenever kids are taking other official visits like that, it's hard to be like super confident, but and talking to Flores and talking to sources on the Notre Dame side of things, Notre, like everything just seems to look like Notre Dame is the team to beat for this player. He's number 172 player nationally, number 28 receiver in the country. Um, so I'm rolling with the Irish here. I put in that prediction about a month ago. And um, I, I think Notre Dame's done the best job of recruiting him too. Even going back to Dell Alexander when he was here, like he was recruiting this young man pretty hard then Chancey Stuckey and Marcus Freeman get involved and it, it's kind of taken it from Notre Dame being a school in the mix to a major contender. And again, I do believe they've done the best job in recruitment. I believe they'll land him. Mike, do you have a sense where he might be the best fit at wide receiver for the fighting Irish? I think he can play anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. 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 I think he's a boundary field I like big receivers out in the slot. I do too. I, uh, like a, it's kind of like a, you know, like a tight end, flex tight end, but or you just move a big receiver in the slot. Um, I know a lot of people see like a, a 170 pound receiver, and you really want that speedy slot guy. Um, but you know, there, there, there's something to just having that big target uh, security blanket kind of receiver in the slot too. So. Uh, at 6'1", 190, Flores, yeah, like I said, I think he could play anywhere. I like Lorenzo Styles in the slot personally. I mean, because he can do it all. Yep. Um, we're working on our football preview right now when we had to do like a uh, like a breakout player projection, team MVP, Notre Dame opponent on the rise, project, predicted record, all this kind of stuff. And I put Styles as my breakthrough player of the year. Um, I mean, Notre Dame's going to – there's got to be some receiver who's going to catch passes for uh, presumably Tyler Buckner. And, uh, I don't know, Styles and Buckner came in the same recruiting class, so that, that was my choice. Well, I've spent a lot of time in St. Louis through the years, and there's a pretty good football player from the St. Louis area that Notre Dame has been recruiting hard, and that's cornerback Christian Gray. feels like you've been talking about Christian Gray for about 10 years now. But he was on campus this weekend. Notre Dame is in desperate need, I think it's fair to say, Mike, of adding 
not only multiple cornerbacks, but we're talking about quality multiple cornerbacks. There are jobs to be had in the future with this program. Do you have a good feeling that Notre Dame eventually could land Christian Gray? I do have a good feeling. Um, I want to add, I, I was about maybe a month ago or so, I was doing a, a live sh YouTube show at Blue and Gold with our, our football analyst, Tim Hyde, and it was totally off the cuff. We are just looking back in the past decade or so of highly ranked cornerback prospects for Notre Dame. They are very few and far in between. I mean, it is scary how – I don't know. Is it, is it mean if I say how bad Notre Dame's recruited at, at corner over the years? They've had to I be mean, creative goodness. once they got kids on campus, Mike. Yeah, they had to hit on some three-star type guys like, good to say, Clarence Lewis comes in, doesn't enroll early, played receiver mostly in high school, and then that fall as a true freshman as your starting uh, was a field cornerback in, in 2020. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, and that's not – I'm not trying to slight Clarence Lewis. Like, he beat out Tariq Bracey. But that just kind of goes to show the um, where, where Notre Dame's cornerback. And, and he's exceeded expectations. Uh, I think he's going to be a, an improved player this year. But, guy. Like Notre Dame to take the next step of the football program. Like we talk about corner, excuse me, quarterback and receiver all the time, but corner, man, that needs uh, an injection of talent. Like a guy like Christian Gray, who's got some twitchy um, athleticism to him. Lockdown cornerback, 5'11", 170 pounds, number 78 player in the country, number seven cornerback. He's big time. Um, a recent riser in the rivals rankings, I believe it was, fresh off an official visit at Notre Dame. Sources feel pretty good about where the Irish stand. July 4th commitments. Notre Dame's had some pretty good uh, history here on July 4th commitments. So hopefully uh, for the Irish's sake, they land Christian Gray. His old high school coach hmm. is now LSU's cornerbacks coach, Robert Steeples, which we've talked about a good bit. So that's made the Tigers a lot more interesting. Of a con They weren't a competitor in this recruitment until Steeples got there, but now they seem like a threat to the Irish. But I still believe Notre Dame gets the job done for them. Well, there's no surprise. You look at that board right there, Notre Dame recruiting against Ohio State. Hey, that's going to happen. That's going to be the norm. LSU, obviously, Brian Kelly and many members of his staff are familiar with these recruits. So no surprise LSU is showing up on a lot of these boards. But, Mike, from a novice perspective, I don't remember seeing USC pop up as much this year as in the past five, six years. Now, there's always Notre Dame and USC every once in a while coming together, recruiting the same kid, but it sure seems like it's happening a lot more this year. Am I wrong? Is this the Lincoln-Riley impact? What are your thoughts? I've been covering Notre Dame for about three years. I, I, I Not think much difference? Pretty, yeah, okay. pretty much the same. I, I think I would say that Notre Dame is battling LSU a lot more thanks to good old Bayou Brian. Um, I think they are, and I talked to Tom Lemming, football report analyst, godfather of, of college football recruiting. I asked him to stack up Notre Dame versus Michigan. After Notre Dame got a commitment from C.J. Carr, I was like, how, how do these two schools compare? I'm, I, I know my, my reader base. They, they, they feed on that kind of content when Notre Dame's you know, out recruiting Michigan. And he didn't even want to talk about Notre Dame versus Michigan recruiting. He was like, just kind of was like, obviously they're they're recruiting out recruiting pretty much every school in the country, most, uh, obviously not every school, but I mean Notre Dame's recruiting. I mean they're 
he thinks that they have one of the best recruiting staffs in the country. He thinks that Notre Dame rivals Ohio State. So you're seeing a lot more Mm. Notre Dame versus Ohio State than you are Notre Dame-Michigan, which is a pretty good thing because, you know, Ohio State's won a national championship recently. Um, Notre Dame and Michigan haven't. Notre Dame is, seems to be trending more towards going from, you know, how, I don't know how you want to look at it, whether Notre Dame's a tier three or tier two school, but they just seem to be going up a tier. Um, but they've got to land some corners. They've got to land a big-time quarterback. Bubakar Traor, defensive end commitment, visited Boston College. Any news there? Nope, not really. Yeah, just took an unofficial visit to Boston College. One Boston College reporter, you know, swears that it was an official visit, which Notre Dame does not like their commitments taking an official visit. Um, but I'm told that it was an unofficial, and that it was just, I mean, Traore's from Massachusetts. It's the local school, just took a visit there. He knows the staff. He was committed there for a while before flipping to Notre Dame. So, no, I don't think there's much to see here. I think Traore's locked in with Notre Dame. He's going to take his official to campus this weekend. I think everything's pretty good there, Dan. Not not a whole lot to see. Okay. Mike, May was busy. June has turned out to be busy. We're only halfway through the month of June. Do you expect the same intensity of news the next oh, couple of weeks as we wrap up June into July? Or are things going to quiet down a little bit? I mean, it's going to quiet down sort of because you're not going to have major official visit. Like, this is the last big official visit weekend of the summer. I don't think there's any players coming into the 24th. Um, and then that's the end of the official visit period um, for June. July is a dead period, which means no face-to-face contact between coaches and recruits. Um, July is typically a hot time for commitments. Like kids wrapped up their summer officials. July is dead period. You got, you know, Independence Day, a lot of prospects will commit on or you know, grandma's birthday in July or whatever it is, they'll just kind of knock their decision out for the start of their season. So July is commitment month. Um, I have a vacation in July. So I'm crossing my fingers that um, some commitments don't happen that weekend. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst if they do happen that week. Then I've got to deal with them. But um, I'm, I'm half kidding there. But it's still, it still will be busy in July. Um, it'll just be a lot more, you know, fruits of the, the labor um, paying off in that month rather than a lot of new things popping up, if that makes sense. Mike, how can our listeners or people watching on YouTube be a part of the Blue and Gold family? So if you like this kind of information, you like hearing my rambles, you'll love blueandgold.com because I write a ton of articles every day all about these players. And this is really just like what you hear in these radio segments and YouTube videos are just snippets of what you, the information you would get at bloomandgold.com. So, and it, we still have this promotional offer. It's the best deal you'll ever see for one of these sites, a dollar for a year. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, you get, um, you get a, uh, a deal for our football preview magazine. You get that discounted if you're a member at bloomandgold.com. I mean, there's all sorts of good stuff going on, on the website, college world series coverage, uh, Notre Dame football countdown for the Ohio State game. Obviously, we're recruiting. Tons of good stuff always going on. How big of a deal is this? I mean, we changed our sign to 961. I mean, we're 960. Because of the dollar, we changed the zero to a one. That's how big of a deal it is, there Mike. Go. There you go. There you go. 
Hey, good talking to you, Mike. Always great information. Check out Mike at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, yep, sounds good. Thanks, Darren. More Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com. And on our free WSBT radio app. Get the app right now. It's simple. Just go to the iTunes or Google Play stores. Search WSBT Radio, get the app on your phone. You can listen to us live, our podcast available to listen to whenever you would like. Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, also by Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Pet Refuge, and the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair. 21 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. We're going to Sizzler, our sports wagering segment on Budweiser's weekday sports beat here on WSBT Radio. Let's first go back to last night's program and the four suggestions I passed along to you, and let's see how things panned out. We started with the Marlins and the Phillies in Philadelphia. Outstanding pitching matchup. Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins, Aaron Nola for the Phillies. It turned out to be a pitcher's duel as expected. I had backed Alcantara throughout the year. It's been very profitable. I took the Marlins on the money line at plus 105 at Philadelphia. The game was 2-2 going into the ninth inning, and the Phillies at home walked off the Marlins. Phillies win by a tally of 3-2. We tried to rebound with the next game. It was the White Sox and the Tigers from Comerica Park in Detroit last night. It was the return of the horse for the White Sox starting pitcher, Lance Lynn had missed the first part of the year due to knee surgery, returned to the rotation last night. So I took the White Sox on the money line at minus 130 at the Tigers, and it's a White Sox winner. Southsiders pulled out a 9-5 victory over the Tigers. Joe McEwing, the third base coach, Lance Lynn, got into, I don't know if we could call it a heated conversation they got into a spirited discussion how about that not sure what it was all about Lynn kind of made fun of the situation basically was saying that they were arguing over quality of meat so something happened between the two not sure why very strange that the third base coach and the starting pitcher on the same team would have that type of discussion Things happen in the dugout. Things happen in the locker room in the game of baseball. Didn't bother the Sox. They won last night by a score of 9-5. to Next up in our selections from last night, Padres and Cubs from Wrigley Field. Tornado warning sirens going off at Wrigley Field last night. And the guy I backed during those sirens blaring across the city you Darvish, the Padres starting pitcher, continued to warm up and get ready out in the outfield. Didn't phase him a bit. I took the Padres on the money line at minus 135. Again, I was surprised this wasn't more like 185, 200. 
you would think the Padres would have been more of a heavy favorite. You Darvish against Justin Steele, but it was minus 135. I'll take it. And I took the Padres on the money line over the Cubs. And the Padres walked away with a 4-1 victory. They needed to add a couple of runs late off Roman Wick to secure the 4-1 victory over the Cubs. And the fourth and final suggestion from last night. We had the Nationals and the Braves squaring off in the nation's capital in D.C. And I really, really like the pitcher for the Nationals, Josiah Gray, who they got from the Dodgers in the Max Scherzer-Trey-Turner deal. I backed him last night against the Braves, the Braves on that big, long winning streak. I was hoping Gray would be the one to snap it, but he got off to a rough start. The Braves played long ball off of him, and this was not a good choice. I took the Nationals on the money line, a home underdog at plus 120 against the Braves. Nationals were no match last night. The Braves won 9-5. So, a 2-2 night last night. We start the week 2-2 for the month of June. 12 wins, 10 losses, and a draw. And for the year, 10 games over 539, 29, and 1. It is now time for the four suggestions for tonight's baseball action. We start with the White Sox and the Tigers from Comerica Park in Detroit. And I'm going to bank on the White Sox winning this game and winning it convincingly. Dylan Cease is on the mound for the White Sox. He's been a little up and down the last couple of weeks. I am a big believer in Dylan Cease. I think this is a bounce-back spot for the former South Bend Cub. So not only do I expect the White Sox to win, let's put the chips in the middle of the table, White Sox minus one and a half runs at Detroit at minus 115. So, To win this wager, the White Sox not only have to win, they have to win the game by two or more runs. So we'll take the White Sox minus one and a half runs at Detroit at minus 115. Go get them, Dylan Cease. The second selection for tonight, let's stick in the city of Chicago. On the north side, Wrigley Field, the Padres-Cubs series continues. When will the Cubs win again? Hopefully not tonight because I'm backing the Padres on the money line at minus 145. I don't go anything beyond 150 in my pick, so this just barely gets in under the wire. Padres on the money line at minus 145 with the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks coming off an injury, taking on Sean Manea, who's been really good since the Padres got him in the offseason from the Oakland Athletics. I think it is advantage Padres tonight. Let's go with... San Diego on the money line at minus 145 at the Chicago Cubs. Selection number three, I really don't have any good data points. This is just going on a hunch. Even though the starting pitcher, Urquidy, for the Astros has a high ERA, Astros have dominated the Rangers the last couple of years, so I'm just going to take the Astros on the money line at minus 125 at the Texas Rangers. And the fourth and final selection tonight, We're going to have to go the parlay route because, again, I don't take anything over minus 150. So I had to combine a couple of games to make this work. So let's go with a Major League Baseball parlay for our fourth suggestion for tonight. Let's start with the Cardinals and the Pirates from Bush Stadium down in St. Louis. I'm not as confident in this pick now 
than I was this morning when I put this on my card. The reason is St. Louis, in game one of the doubleheader this afternoon, used all three of their elite bullpen arms. That was not the plan, but due to circumstance, all three had to be used. Cardinals won 3-1. to one. But now who's left in their bullpen tonight? Outside of the big three of Cabrera, Gallegos, and Helsley, there's really nothing that the Cardinals can count on as a definite, hey, this guy's going to come in and shut the door. They're not overly steady outside of those three bullpen arms. So with those three being used, and Helsley was used last night, so he's definitely not pitching in game two. You got Miles Michaelis on the mound, who's been great. He's the starter, but I'm not sure, unless he throws 150 pitches, how in the world they're going to get through 27 outs successfully. But I'm not going to change now. Let's go Cardinals on the money line against the Pirates as part one of the parlay, part two. Hey, if you can't beat them, join them. Let's jump on the Braves bandwagon, Braves on the money line at the Nats. And when you combine the Cardinals on the money line and the Braves on the money line, we get our parlay at plus 102. So that will be our fourth suggestion. So the four picks for tonight, White Sox minus one and a half runs at Detroit at minus 115. Padres on the money line at minus 145 at the Cubs. Astros on the money line at minus 125 at the Rangers. And the two-game parlay, Cardinals on the money line against the Pirates, Braves on the money line at the Nats at plus 102. Separately, our underdog pick, we've been in a bit of a rut. We've lost several in a row. We're now 8-8 eight eight on the year with our underdog picks. It's got to be a plus number. So tonight, I'm going to go with Marlins on the money line at plus 125 at the Phillies. Trevor Rogers, a terrific young left-hander whose ERA is 5.5 this year. I'm hoping this is the spot he turns it around. So our underdog pick tonight, Marlins on the money line at plus 125 at Philadelphia. Those numbers are courtesy of Bet MGM. Good luck to you tonight in your wagers. 12 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on WSBT Radio. And it's the summer of winning with the John's Auto Spa double bingo game. Grab your bingo card and play for big cash jackpots at michianabingo.com. Don't forget to use the Remax 100 free space in the center. The jackpot grows daily by 100 bucks. All summer long, tons of cash and prizes give it away at Michiana's virtual double bingo game. For rules and bingo cards, just go to michianabingo.com. Michiana's virtual double bingo game is also brought to you by Bourbon Street Pizza, Massage Envy, and Wakarusa Egg. Also, we want to... Mention other sponsors of the event, Carl K. Memorials, Perkins Restaurant and Bakery, and North American Products. 649 at WSBT. 